Britney's in the house. In this episode of Let's Talk Filmmaking, we're bringing you Britney Janae, a Los Angeles filmmaker who is using her brand to represent black female filmmakers. What's up, everybody? Back with the podcast, and I have another guest for you, a very special guest, one that I <laughs> spent some time in New Orleans with and have a crazy story that we might get into late, later uh, in the podcast, Miss Brittany uh, Janae. Hello. What's <laughs> up, girl? And let me say, if anybody knows this girl, she is very hard to get in contact with and just get her to sit down just to do a podcast. She is constantly moving constantly moving why do you work so much yeah i'm trying so now <laughs> you don't have to hustle later <laughs> you, you're right i don't know uh what do you think i feel like i'm gonna be doing this till i just can't anymore like just filming and, and creating i think i'm gonna be doing it forever but not in the hustle mentality no I mean, not in the hustle mentality like i'm hustling now like like working my tail off, but I feel like I'll get to a place where I can be super selective on my clients, you know, like not have to feel like I have to do like five clients to make ends meet. And I can do two clients cause I'm getting like, Hey, well, to be like, Oh, let me do two out the month. So I'm trying to be like my mentors. They do like two clients a month and they're set. Mm. <laughs> I wish I could get to that exactly. point. Exactly. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm about to pick up a new client right now. So, I'm I'm about to be in that startup phase with him and getting all his files and all his passwords and logins and all his learning his initial business. So, yeah. yeah, I think it helps, too, because the less work work you have to do for clients, the more you can use that time to, like, help other people or do whatever. So if I'm always hustling, I don't have time to really dedicate to stuff like this or, you know, just stuff that I really will be passionate about because I have to like work all the time. So if I did two clients a month and I have the rest of the day or time to really um, go back to the community and like help out, teach classes, do this, do that. So, well, I haven't seen my intern in over a week now. (laughs) So I, I told, I told the teachers like, I'm going to see her this week. So uh, I'm actually, (laughs) I think I told you before I shot a feature film last year and I am going to end up editing it just so we can get done. So I'm probably going to have her like sit down with me and uh, we're going to tackle that. And she's going to get the, get to see how it is to edit a feature and all the craziness that's behind it. Uh, And and probably teach her how to like do some sound, good sound design. Yeah. That's what's up. I need an intern for sure. Hey, I mean, all I did really, I already knew the teachers and he, you know, I was one of his students. So Mm. I'm quite sure I would, I didn't do no paperwork. I probably should have done paperwork, but I didn't do any paperwork. (laughs) There was no contract. So I think if you just (laughs) go to a a college and say, hey, like, um, I do this, 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 whatever. And I say college because high school, she's a high she's a female and she's a high school student. So like she can't meet me outside of 
school to like work on stuff that's where i really want her to do because that's where you get most of your you know experience so definitely college students uh yeah so you will be an awesome mentor i mean you are a mentor like you're a mentor through instagram through your (laughs) post through the the lessons you give through your social media and your youtube like Mm -hmm. you are and we we were supposed to talk about this but you're it would be great if you had like a patreon and oh my gosh yeah i just posted that you 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 were supposed to talk to me about this like months ago i know somebody just hit me up about it today and was like hey um I was going to ask you to send me your premiere file. He was like, you know, I would love to get your premiere file to see how your edit looks like physically. And he was like, but you know what? He was like, I think you should do a Patreon account where you do something like that. If people want to be able to actually see the edits in their premiere. Bingo. And right. I was like. Uh. And it's so and it's so. Because I think the way you're doing things now, you're going to work yourself to death. But, you yeah. know, we'll get into that later. You know? <laughs> uh, this podcast is about, you know, you being, uh, you know, female filmmaker. Uh, yeah. And I really want to dig into that. So B is not here again. Uh, she wants to be here. But, guys, she she had a full schedule today. She's working. She is. She just texted me too as well. Uh, let's see what she says. Uh, she's doing good. She's doing good. <laughs> <laughs> she's doing good. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through her questions first. Okay. Uh, because I uh, I really wanted to make sure. I feel like she would know the best questions more than me. All right. So, B's first question is: What's the hardest thing? Uh, thing about being uh in a male dominated field um i think the hardest thing would be um feeling inadequate because you aren't a male um and feeling like you're not seen because you aren't a male um and i think that's the biggest thing like you could have the best talent you can actually be better than the males but you're not going to be seen first for it because automatically People feel like the males are the ones that have the knowledge. The males are the ones that know what to do with the equipment, this heavy equipment. And so for me, I'm super petite. So not only am I a female, but I'm also a small female. And so when they see me, (laughs) when they see me, they look at me like, oh, well, you know, I don't have the chops to be able to stand up against them or, you know, or besides them or anything like that. So I think it's like feeling inadequate because you feel like you know that you have the talent but they make you feel smaller than what you are. And so you have to always continue to motivate yourself when you're in those um, situations to rely solely on the talent that God gave you, knowing that you can do it as, as just as good and just as well. So I get that. And I, I totally understand, but, and this is just me and I understand I'm different, but when <laughs> I see a female filmmaker, I'm like, holy crap. Like, there's a female filmmaker. Like, I want to see what right. this chick, what she's about to do. She's probably about to, uh, like, 
get stuff done. Like I'm excited because I just don't see it as often. So right. I get excited about it. And I, and I told the last, my last guest this, but I believe women can see and express more than men. Like mm-hmm. you all see different than we do. Therefore, mm-hmm. like, I would gladly put a camera in your hands because the things you see will might be like more beautiful than anything I can see. Like you mm-hmm. can the way the angles you you go for or the way you shoot and then the way you uh, work with in the editing is mm-hmm. something I probably wouldn't have seen. So that's why like I get it. And yeah, there is the whole heavy factor. There is. And like you, yeah, I mean, you really can't escape that unless you do some curls and, you know, (laughs) you do the whole Jacob Owens, you know, running around with a a plate like you're driving in the gym. But like there's there's workarounds for that. And you've you've done that. Yeah, I don't even think it's about I mean. I I definitely think you're different, but I think it's also because you're a black male. Um, I know a lot of times there are a lot of males that see females and they, you know, on set and they look at them and they're like, oh, I want to see what they can do. But they might not be coming out of it at like a humble mentality, like, oh, I really want to see what they do. Like, this is dope. It's more so, oh, they're here. I want to see what they can do. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's a different way. I've been on sets where guys look at me like, she must know the people. She must be here because she know them. And like, that's how she got the job. Or like, I see like when I go on sets and I'm doing everything and the guy has a whole crew, it's kind of just like, it makes it feel like, makes me feel like, oh, they think that they're better in a sense. And then there's times where I shot with a whole male crew, black and white. And they're like, oh, I saw you, you were actually getting some good shots. Like actually, getting good shots like as if I wasn't going to get good shots mm-hmm. so I think stuff like that where I and I don't even think it's because they don't they mean to I just think it's because they're not used to seeing females on set mm-hmm. you know so it's not I don't ever take it super wrong I just think that as we continue to um build and as women continue to come out more in production they'll start to see it and it become a norm it's not a norm for a lot of people right now so when they see it they don't know what to do or how to act you know what I'm saying? So I think that's what it is. Well, I'm quite sure um, once they realize who they're working with, they their minds just <laughs> flip. So yeah. let's let's back it up. Tell me how you got into this industry. Um, I got into the industry. I moved out here six years ago. It will be seven in May. California. Uh, yeah, I moved out to California six years ago, and I started off as a transcriber. I couldn't get. I didn't have a portfolio to really dive in. Um, and so I started off started off as a transcriber because when I first moved out here, I actually wanted it to be, it's, it's full circle, I wanted to be a film editor when I first moved out here. I didn't even want to shoot. I didn't want to, I just wanted to be a film. I wanted to do films and I wanted to win awards. And I, that's, that was my goal, to be a film editor. And I didn't have any editing portfolio. So I was like, what am I supposed to do? So I they, you know, I started off in transcription, which I didn't even know what transcription was when I first moved out here. I'm like, what is this? But it's crazy how God works because in high school, I took keyboarding class and it was one of my favorite classes. So I'm, I'm a, t- I'm I'm a glad fast typer, like super. I used to like literally do contests with the males in my class to see who would type the fastest. Like I was, that's how I was. And so it was crazy when 
I started to learn what transcription was and I got into it and I did that for about uh, three years when I first uh, moved out here. And then I learned that transcription was actually the base start to become an assistant editor to becoming an editor. So I didn't even know I was on the right track when I was actually on the right track. Hmm. So I did assistant editing. I mean, I did transcribing for a long time. And then I started working at a company called Dish Nation. And so I transcribed for them for two years. And then I got promoted uh, to be a promo assistant editor. So I was editing their promos, their TV spot promos, um, which was basically just template based. But it allowed me to learn Avid. Um, I had already knew Final Cut 7 because that's what I was kind of learning on my own. And um, I actually had met this guy from St. Louis and that's where I'm from. And he had his own company. And so I would do freelance work and edit on Final Cut 7, all his videos. I think he, he did like entertainment uh, parties and stuff like that. And so that was what I was doing my free time. And then I was working. Uh, my first job here was for Bad Girls Club <laughs> as a transcriber. And then I worked for Dish Nation as a promo assistant editor. And then I left Dish Nation, and that's when I started to get more into, like, shooting. Um, and then I think it was really just about meeting people. I met my mentor, who really has gotten me most of my jobs via Craigslist. Um, and from meeting him, it kind of, like, took off. He introduced me to TV One. He introduced me to the people who do who run Creators of Color. And, you know, then they introduced me to other people. And it just really went from there. And, like, it's really about who you know. So the more people I started to meet, and network with the more people they were like oh my god we like your work we want to work with you and so it just blossomed from there yeah no like that's pretty um that's a pretty good journey like when you said transcribing i was like <laughs> i couldn't do it uh <laughs> i i cannot type i i i can type fast but only because mm-hmm. i remember where they are mm-hmm. on the keyboard because i use shortcuts a lot um when mm-hmm. i when i edit so i know how to type because I remember where they are, but I don't know. I still need to look at the keys. But, oh. um, yeah, no, I still need to, I'm, I still need to look at the keys, but, right. um, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. So, uh, I think, so when you was transcribing, you also, you also, you told me you had a news background, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In college I worked for, um, KMOV, which was like our news, one of our news stations in Columbia, Missouri, because I went to college in Columbia, Missouri. And um, I used to work there from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. And we basically would switch and do uh, one day I would be on audio. The next day I would be on teleprompter. The next day I would be a camera. You know, so I basically I kind of started in college when I realized that this was what I wanted to get into, which was production. Um, That was kind of all that my school could offer me because it wasn't a school that was centered around production. Mm -hmm. And had I known that, I probably wouldn't have went. But I went because I originally didn't go to school for this. So Mm -hmm. um, when I I got the job through a friend and I fell in love with it, um, I didn't like the news aspect, but I fell in love with like just being behind the camera and seeing how it all, you know, ran together to create like this final product. Well, I'm gonna tell you now, it's okay that you don't like the news aspect <laughs> of it. Coming from me yeah. and my news background and many other people that have a news background, it's okay that you don't like the news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing you didn't uh stay in that for four years. But you did like having the skill of transcribing, like that's a skill I still I'm still looking for software to do that so it can do automatically because I don't want to do that. I yeah. I do not want to do that. So, I think 
transcribing is more tedious than editing. People say editing is tedious. I don't think they've ever transcribed. Editing is not tedious. (laughs) Once you learn your style and once you learn like shortcuts and you customize it your way, once you got all that, it is a walk in the park Mm -hmm. until you like get to like the higher tier work and now you just it's based on your computer right um, (laughs) but uh yeah that's that's pretty sweet so yeah you 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 started off as transcribing and Mm -hmm. i've always thought you came off as an editor more than a shooter to me i don't know why you yes you just you just i don't know maybe because you talk about it a lot Mm -hmm. but you do come off as a person that loves to edit more than shoot would you Mm -hmm. would you is that kind of like correct every time someone asks me I change my answer (laughs) I don't know because sometimes I love shooting more than I love editing and sometimes I I love editing more than I love shooting I think it just depends on the project like I I know right I know that my purpose is not becoming the best shooter you know I think it's just being creative being creative and being able to I feel like God has really blessed me to be able to create amazing work without being the best at it if that makes sense and so um, I think I create good work shooting and I'm always wanting to learn more but I know I don't know much about like cameras I didn't go to school for so I know there are a lot other DPs that like know so much more and I always feel kind of stuck that I don't um, and so sometimes I'm like, uh, I know I'm not there. So like shooting, whatever. But then there's sometimes I'm like, like even today I was like, you know what? I think I could be a really good editor. I really think I can win my Emmy. Like I was thinking that today. I'm like, I'm, I could become a really good editor. Like I think I'm like doing good. Like the more and more I edit, I'm like really doing good. And then working with Issa Rae, I'm editing things that I never edited. So I'm learning more about editing every day which I didn't, you know, necessarily have before working with her. So I I am in this season, I think God has just taken me to different seasons. Like at first I was transcribing for like a full three years. And then I went through a season of just shooting. And then I went through a season of photography because I am, I'm a photographer as well. And now I'm in a season of editing. So I just think he's just placing me in these different seasons and I'm just rolling with it. Like whatever happens, happens. But right now it's definitely the season for editing. I'm getting a lot more jobs to edit. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you're storytelling. Cause I, I haven't seen much of your storytelling yet, mm-hmm. but if you got some good storytelling uh, skills, Oh yeah. You, you got an Emmy. So <laughs> don't, don't worry about that. It's, it's, I, uh, I at the news station, there's some people that have Emmys. So I'm like, how did you even get? <laughs> how right. did you even get that? How did this organization accept you? Like, <laughs> is this is this how low the bar is? But mm-hmm. uh, no, but and I and I've seen I've seen growth, and that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is your style. Mm-hmm. Like, I can tell when I watch a video that oh, Brittany edited this and shot mm-hmm. this because mm-hmm. of the way you edit and shoot. I can tell you do have right now a style for right now. Like, mm-hmm. cause that can change like next right. year you could be doing a whole different thing and that's how it should be. So, mm-hmm. and I like your style. It's very, uh, it's not too like 
uh, LA-ish as like it's not too like what you see on like it's not too much like a Super Bowl commercial. Mm-hmm. Like it's close, but it also has that feeling where like, and I'm not just saying this; it does feel like a woman shot it. Mm-hmm. There's there's that attention, and there's that uh like focus in your shots that mm-hmm. only somebody that is looking and knows and concentrating on it can mm-hmm. get and i can tell that's what you what you do mm-hmm. um like uh your boxing video mm-hmm. when you first mess was messing with uh color grading which you did a good a good job by the way thanks uh, <laughs> i love the physical contact and the 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 look of the skin and everything Mm -hmm. because that's something that bothers me the skin Mm -hmm. color like yeah it bothers me sometimes when i see uh people videos even in my videos i try Mm -hmm. to make sure like skin is the best i can Uh, yeah but like you know limits but uh that's something i notice in your videos so tell me i mean have you noticed that kind of what your style is or what you try to go for yeah I definitely I I think my style is very clean um and I try to go for like it's very clean and I I like the I like moody in a sense like I don't like too much color I like a desaturated look in a sense depending on what the project is as well yeah um but even for the boxing one, I, I always look at each project and I really try to tailor it based off of what I feel like. It's crazy because I just I just shot a video like five minutes ago before we did this <laughs> talking about why color grading matters. And I talked about the boxing video and it was because when I shot that the next day he had to box. And so I wanted a dramatic vibe. I wanted people to feel like this is his last time being able to practice before he has to go out there and box for the first time in his life. And so, like, I think when it comes to my style, I'm always trying to give off the emotion that I'm feeling as I'm shooting it. Mm-hmm. And so exactly. With that, yeah. yeah. And so, like, I think if you look at a lot of my videos, you feel a lot of people are like, man, I feel like I was there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the vibe that I want to get. I don't ever want you to feel like you're just watching something. I want you to feel like, man, like, I feel there. I feel especially with my more story driven uh, things like that. And, you know, the commercials I do with influencers, I want you to feel like you were there to a certain extent or you feel the emotion, whether it's through the music, through the color grading, whatever it is. I just want you to feel like you were actually there and you experienced it like firsthand. Yeah. There's a whole comp- compliment. Now tell me, how do you, in terms, cause this is what I'm, this is what I'm working on. And mm-hmm. I feel like you're, you've kind of found the trick to it and that's the color grading. Mm-hmm. How do you know what, how do you figure out what color palette is correct for the video you're doing? So um, what I do is I always think before I shoot the video how I want to color the video, which I think helps a lot because if you shoot it without the thought, without the post-production process in mind, then you're going to get stumped and you're not going to shoot it in a way that, it sh- you know, you can actually tell the story through your color grading and post. So, like, even the video I recently did when I went to, uh, I mean, when I shot my friend who skates, I knew the vibe and the tone that I wanted. I was doing, I was going for the Under Armour look. And so, like, with their videos, I researched them a lot. 
and I wanted to I wanted to give off because we did it at like the Korean Friendship of Bell. So I didn't want it to be too colorful, but I also wanted it to have like a slight hint of color. But the way his story was, I just wanted it to be like real raw. And so that's why I went for the color that I went for with him. And then when I went to Sundance, I didn't want to color that. I didn't want to have like this outlandish color. I kind of wanted the color to show the exact color that I experienced there. So I shot it. I still shot it at a center picture profile so I could color it myself. But when you see the colors, they're very rich, but they're still the standard colors as if you would actually see them in person. So like you could see his skin is the color that if I if you were sitting next to him, that would literally be the color of his skin. Mm-hmm. Even though I used the LUT, I still made sure that it was true to the color that I originally saw it. Right. So I always think about how I want to color it before I even shoot it. Because that's going to help me determine determine how I should shoot it. Right. And see, I do that rarely. I Mm -hmm. will admit I do not do that. Only time I do something like that is if it's a passion project. If it's something Mm -hmm. I actually want to do. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll go to my Instagram and I'll go through the videos I've saved. And Mm -hmm. I'll look, okay, this is the color, this kind of similar shots, you know, yada, yada. Okay, time to make it my own. Uh, Right. So, like... And I can tell that's kind of like similar because I, I think I remember when you did your quick one minute video of you like just editing at a disc. Yeah. I noticed like while you was editing, you was watching. I think I think that's the same video you're talking about. Um, you was watching a commercial to like uh, probably color help um, figure out the mood or whatever you was doing. Because that's what mm-hmm. I do sometimes. Um, yeah, I, had I was to do watching. That. I was watching Grace and Frankie. You talking about the one where it was behind me and it was just panning into yes, me as I was that editing? One. Okay, yeah. yeah, I was just watching Grace and Frankie, but the reason why I like I like to watch TV because it does give me creative ideas when I'm watching these films and commercials and seeing how things are. It helps me in my edit mm-hmm. because I'm like you. Like I have a whole Instagram list of like videos that I've saved that like I'm like one day I want to shoot something like this, and I yeah. so of course. I also look at how they colored it. But there are times where I'm doing passion projects and I just want to create something for myself. Then that's when I have to come from scratch on Let me think about how I want this color before I do it. So like I did right. a drone video of Malibu and I knew I wanted that to like give like a coast feel. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to give. So it. So when you look at it, it's the brown tones. It's the teal tones. Like, you know, it's bringing out those tones in the like if you actually go and see the video because I knew I wanted a coast vibe. So. I always, like I said, I always try to think ahead of time of like the vibe that I want people to get. Like when I shot my grandmother's video, that was like a more vintage sepia look. But it yeah. was because, you know, she was older and the emotion that I wanted to give people, I, I didn't want it to look too 2018 because I did it in last year. I wanted it to look more like vintage as if, you know, all these years that I'm, I've been at her house, you know, I want you to be able to witness the emotion of her not being there no more. Yeah. So like, I always look at the intent of the video to like figure out how I want to color it. But yeah. Which you did very uh, good on that. I'm go- I'm about to derail this conversation to say, I still don't like my uh, drone because of you and Erwin. Uh, <laughs> I, I still, I still like every time I take out my, my, my GoPro karma, I'm like, uh, I just take, it takes me back to when we was in New Orleans and, y'all with y'all maverick pros and just uh <laughs> zooming all around mine having so much life 
and your battery. <laughs> like, ugh, I just need to upgrade. Why did I do you it? Got, you uh, got to. You but we had fun it was fun and i had never seen i had never seen the gopro pro karma so i thought it was fun to even see it but i don't i probably would never be able to use it because it's so big like how do you travel with it it's i i i don't that's i don't i don't i don't even i take it everywhere the gopro colors um before i got busy uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna about to talk about that. But anyway, the GoPro colors is just horrendous to me. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. So even mm-hmm. like when I try to color grade it, it's terrible. It's yeah. it's like highlighter colors. Mm. It's so bad to me. So, uh, but it's a sports camera, you know. Yeah. And you know, you, people That's wonder true. why GoPro is about to go out of business. Anyway, uh, so you have uh. This is one of B's questions now. Where do you see yourself in five years? I honestly don't know. Like, I'm just letting what happens happen. I know I want to own some property. So, like, I've been, like, outside of this whole creating. I've been really trying to get into real estate. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, my dad, he used to flip houses. Mm -hmm. And so I really kind of want to, like, take it that and learn from him and, like, you know, purchase some real estate and like start getting to that. Um, the reason why was because, uh, when I, I go, I'm from St. Louis. So when I went home, I noticed like St. Louis doesn't have a lot of photo shoots studios. They don't have a lot of create creative places that you can go to. So I used to want to just rent, a, I mean, buy a loft, purchase a loft in St. Louis and turn it into a photo studio. So similar to California. Okay. And so that was like, when I originally started thinking about real estate, I was like, I want to do that because I can rent it out to people, um, photographers and things like that. Um, but then when I started researching how much a loft cost in St. Louis, that would be downtown because that's where I would want it. It was just, it was, just wasn't worth it. I feel like I was getting Cali prices for like a one bedroom <laughs> loft. So in St. Louis, so I was just like, you know what, maybe let me change that. And let me actually just start looking into housing and like purchasing housing and renting out housing, Airbnbs for people who come down to watch the Cardinals play or whatever. Um, and then in five years after renting it out for a couple of years and selling it you know so i know for sure i want to um get into real estate i don't know how long i'll be in cali i've been here for six years i honestly only want to do max 10 Mm -hmm. so i don't know in five years if i would be in cali i would love to be by coastal in five years and not have to like live here but like i can get my work in different states and different cities and overseas and just travel for work so that would be ideal you know yeah, I mean, I I can I can feel that. I mean, in five years, I'm ho- I would hope my brick and mortar actual studio down in South mm-hmm. South will be up and running. Which you know, you're you're welcome to come and get some <laughs> projects done. Of course, yeah. you you you'll have no problem with that. Uh, and I mean, me and Kenya, we might be in Austin uh, trying yeah. to make it trying to make it down there. Um, so I also want to teach for sure. I know that I want to find a way to teach, whether it's high school, middle school. I want to find, you know, extracurricular or like even after school programs to be able to teach because I didn't have that growing up. Mm, Um, It wasn't until college where I even knew that I could do this as a thing. And so like to be able to present this to kids who are interested in production and editing and, you know, I would love to like do that. So Mm, see. Yeah. No. See, that's another podcast. Um, let me get these let me get these women questions out of the way because <laughs> we will talk forever on that one okay so 
Let me ask you this. So, uh, a lot one of, another thing I love about you is your brand. You you have a a powerful brand, and uh, had a situation. I promise I'm gonna get order two t-shirts for <laughs> uh, one for Kenny and one for my other model, and mm-hmm. uh, well three. I need one myself too. Um, tell me about your brand and like what you want to do with it uh honestly it really just started off as so one day I had to shoot this was actually when I first started working with Issa Rae and you know I always wear black you know when you work in production you always want to wear black when you're on set and so I was we had to wear black and I couldn't find a black shirt that I could wear and I was like I need a black shirt to wear to this you know uh this production and I couldn't find one. And in all the black shirts I had, I kind of kept, I, I would always wear them. I was like, I need a shirt for me. Like, I want to be able to wear a shirt that I created that that on it, it stands for something. I was like, so I want to, like, create something that people, black women can wear on set. And I will always be on a lot of these sets. And it was like, I will be the only black person. So I was like, you know what? I want to create a black shirt to stay within, you know, the the lines of, like, production um, but, and not be so outlandish, but just subtle, but still have a shirt that means something that I can go on set and feel proud that I'm there. Um, and that's where black, that's where black women create came from, um, really just feeling like there weren't, I didn't see any shirts at the time that were for black women creating. And I was like, you know, and a lot of times being on sets and hearing how we're overlooked or our voices aren't heard, I just felt like it was just a super powerful statement that was super simple black women create and that's what it is that's what we do that's what we've always done and I'm gonna wear a shirt to remind you while I'm on set that I'm a black woman that creates um I I didn't really see I didn't really foresee what I wanted it to be I just knew that I wanted to rock it and if I wanted to rock it I knew other black women would want to rock it um because I felt like it was a missing piece of the puzzle so um I created them and I they they're doing amazing which I didn't know I didn't I didn't have any plans for it, but now that it's a thing, I just want to keep pushing the narrative that we, you know, black women create and, you know, you can't overlook us. You can't underride our representation in this industry because without us, uh, it would be, I feel like it would be a false narrative of life. Like you can't, how can you not have a black woman be a producer or a director? And how can you not allow us to create because our eyes are what's missing. Like mm. there's white people that can create a black show all they want, but there's still going to be missing components. That's why all these brands that are coming out with stuff, it's like, was there no black people in the office that could sign off on this? Like we, we need that. We need black women in every, every part of production, business, anything. And so I feel like um, when I say black women create, it's not just for photographers or videographers. It's just all women who create. I mean, we create by just, you know, our development as women, Doing, you know, yeah. so exactly. So I just felt like it was something that was needed and something that was missing. And I wanted to change the narrative that you don't see a lot of black women on set. So let me change the narrative and put black women on set. Like one girl literally took a picture of her wearing her shirt in front of all white men or when she was on set. Because I miss, it's, I miss that picture. Yeah, it's really just about it's really just about showing that we're here. You know, and and we are creating, and I and it's crazy because right when I, right when the shirts came out, 
a lot of people hit me up. It was I think she was a transgender. She has a YouTube. She hit me up because she believed in what I was doing. And she felt like even when it comes to YouTube, you don't even see black women. And so she wanted to talk to me about how, you know, how I felt as a black woman, not even having a presence on YouTube. You know, you see makeup artists or things like that, but you don't really yeah. see black women in the tech space on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, they all literally came to me and was like, you know what? I really don't see black women in this space. And I appreciate you for creating something like this. And that's why I, even from the first question that you asked, I don't even think that it's because they don't want us to be in a space. I think it's just because they've never seen it. No. That's... So they have to get used to it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so like one of one of the things and I have met a lot well not met, but I have seen a lot more since I followed you. Mm-hmm. So like following and meeting filmmaker uh female fi- filmmakers is definitely a route to take because I have, and every time I meet one, I pass it on to Kenya because, you know, she mm-hmm. she she wants to be a, a filmmaker as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, everyone I meet by following you and um, what is your, uh, the one you uh, do photography with? Is Erica. Eric, Erica? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I follow you and Erica and, like, I just meet all types of, like, talented <laughs> and uh, wonderful African-American female uh, filmmakers and just creators. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to talk to these women. I need to meet these women because mm-hmm. I need to know one, their story two, like, you know, like I said, their skills are amazing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, especially one of them that I'm even trying to get her on the podcast. I haven't messaged her mm-hmm. yet, but uh, one way about doing that is just by meeting and right. uh, networking and outsourcing these these people to bring into your film, mm-hmm. like it's and it's it's, and that's another reason why I like your shirts because I knew there was for one I knew there was going to be popular because of <laughs> the way you had them like director mm-hmm. and all that and it is to me a unisex shirt as well. Um, a lot of guys have been buying the director shirt actually. But and it's just because we support that as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. I will. I will wear that and have Kenny in front of me. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, definitely love um, the brand that you mm-hmm. um, bring on. And I know that's another reason why people love you as well. Now, and um, that's another thing. Um, I didn't even. I hadn't even seen a lot of black female filmmakers until I created this, and so I felt like it also gave them a platform. Like it, when I created my my Instagram, I hadn't when I first created it, I didn't know that many black female filmmakers. But the more that my brand grows, the more I'm able to even meet more black female exactly. filmmakers that have been out there. And so I think it also uh, gave them a platform to be seen. So like even if I'm the one that's in the production, I can see now that I have a whole list of black women creators that I can even, you know, throw their names out to people. And so I think that definitely helped. And that's why I think I love the brand so much is because it's allowed me to meet so many amazing black filmmakers. Right. Like you, you throw them out there and then I see them and then I want to throw them out there. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's all like, it don't need to be a circle. It needs to be all like just continually being thrown out and networked right. and um, shared. Mm-hmm. Everything needs to be shared. So, 
Okay, so there's one thing I want to want to get into, and that's when we actually, uh, when we met, we was you was doing your YouTube thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, you just said you was working on the episode. So is that one of your YouTube videos that you was working what? on? When we met five, no, five minutes ago, you was, you was editing uh, something. Oh no. So I hadn't came out with a YouTube video for a while. So I was just like creating another, I did, I just shot two videos. One was why music and color grading matters. And mm-hmm. then the other one was, um, the other one was, Oh, talking about Adobe media encoder. A lot of people, I uh, cater to beginner filmmakers mm-hmm. and beginner video editors. And a lot of them don't really even use premiere. So they're all learning how to use Premiere and with Premiere comes Adobe Media Encoder. So when I did my Instagram poll to ask, did anybody want to learn about Adobe Media Encoder? Like 90% said, yeah. So I was like, oh, well, let me do a video about it. So I just did one where I talked about what it is, which it's nothing really, but it's very important. So I just wanted to give people who don't know about it a chance to learn about it because it's really, really great. Yeah. Media, media encoder is, can be difficult. Um, I tried to export a video I did, and I have this plugin called Titler. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I use this plug that plugin, I cannot put it through Media Encoder. It, oh. it would take hours for really? some reason. I don't know why. But like, other than that, like, yeah, put it through Media Encoder, Encoder, and like, put it in the right place. That thing spits out quick. Yeah, so, I love it. Yeah. Especially um, recently, having all this work I've had to do, I've literally been put it, sending everything to Media Encoder so I can still do work while it's exporting. Right. Um, it's a plus for multitasking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. so I loved what you said. You, you, because I, I try to do the same as well to keep them from making the same mistakes as I did or like try to push them a, ahead so they don't uh, take as long as I did, but helping beginners. Mm-hmm. So, like, what are like, some of the advice you can give to beginners who are listening. Cause that's actually what this, who this podcast is for mm-hmm. uh, on the entrepreneur side, like on the mm-hmm. business side, like what are you, what have you gone through that and what kind of advice can you give to them to like help them along their journey? Right. Um, I actually did a YouTube video like when I was two weeks into freelancing, like I like knew everything about business. Um, but the first one I would say is you have to figure out how much you're worth. Um, I think a, I think a lot of beginner videographers undercharge themselves because they're like, I'm new da, 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 and I get it. But you have to also look at where you're trying to go and what you're learning, because the time spent learning stuff. It's also the time that you have to add into your quote, because the more you learn, the more you're growing, the more you can apply that to what to your work. And so I think a lot of time, oftentimes beginner um, filmmakers feel very intimidated. And so they give like a super low price. Um, But I think you have to figure out where you are and figure out how much you're worth. And I'm not saying you're going to be worth a lot at the beginning, but once you realize where you are, you can know where to go. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that's like very important important and then also just with the business side um for me I try to make sure as much as I I can that everything goes through email still like I'm not just I'm not a stickler for DMs so a lot of times I make sure that because you (laughs) (laughs) I just I just want to make sure that I have like this professional written copy in case anything happens 
you know, I have a professional written copy always with me in my email. Um, and then also like for me, when it came to finances, I use QuickBooks and somebody had just told me, they were like, I looked at your video on YouTube and ever since then I've been using QuickBooks and I love it. Like I love QuickBooks. QuickBooks That's how I send out. It's awesome. That's how I send all my invoices. Even for taxes, I was able to track my mileage. I was Mm -hmm. able to do like all of it was set up. And because on the business end, if you're an entrepreneur, taxes is a real thing Mm -hmm. and it is a whole nother level. And so being able to have an app that allows you to input all your mileage from when you're doing different freelance gigs, send all your invoices through QuickBooks and all the transactions that you do on your cards, like all the times where I would rent things, I, it allows you to put whether it's for personal or for business. Mm-hmm. So then by tax time, you don't have to like be so stressed about like trying to figure out how your taxes are going to get done or where to get all your information. Mm-hmm. Like you have QuickBooks. And I also have, I went to Target and bought like a filer system. So I keep all my receipts in my filer system. I keep all my invoices in my filer system as well. Yeah. So you want to make sure when you're an entrepreneur that you're as organized as you can be. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's going to come and bite you in the butt if you're not. And yeah. you have to think about that um, up front because if you wait till the middle of the year, the end of the year, you know, you can kind of get off your game. So you want to make sure that you're doing it all the right way. You're not short, shortchanging anything. So yeah, like things like that. So uh, do you have a, a actual business in Los Angeles? Do do you, uh, is your name like in uh, a, a actual business? So I'm not, I didn't, I chose not to get an LLC. I do have an EIN mm-hmm. number so that in a sense I am a business, like I can get a business account. Yes. And, but I didn't necessarily know if I wanted to be LLC just yet. I had talked to my mentor and I was like, should I, do I need to, do I really need to go LLC? Um, and he was like, you don't need to, um, you can be a independent. So, uh, what is it? Pro- you know, indiv- ind- yeah, independent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but you know, it comes down to when if something happens, yeah. and, you know, if you're not LLC or anything like that, it it falls on you yeah. and not the business. So, I'm considering. I'm definitely considering yeah, it. Brilliant. But that's why I always make sure that I make people sign contracts as yeah. well. Get an so, LLC. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I just didn't want to get one at. Because, like, technically, as far as what I've been doing, I've only been doing this for real, for real, for the last two years. Like, that's when it went to the max. And so last year was when I actually went full-time freelance. I was still working for BuzzFeed and all that. And so last year, I didn't want to get an LLC because I'm like, I don't even know where this is going to go. It was my first year of freelance, and I was like, let me hold off so I can at least figure out if I'm even going to be doing this long-term or if I'm going to have to get back into, like, a nine-to-five. But now that I know that, like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Now I can go and say, you know what? Let me get the LLC and actually like make sure I take care of myself. Yeah. Do you it know? because you're, you're going to continue to do big things. And especially when the stuff we're going to talk about after this podcast, but like, and like, you're going to need to protect yourself and yeah, it's sure. like, you're going to continue to do more things. That's going to be riskier, mm-hmm. but you know, that's where the growth come comes from. Right. More risks. So, Definitely, you know. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I have an accountant, and she takes care of everything. She introduced me to QuickBooks, and my business would not be what it <laughs> is without my accountant. Like, yes. If you if if any if you can anybody, it just 
if you can find an accountant that is in your budget, mm-hmm. that can at least teach you how Quick QuickBooks is because it's right. very it's very teachable. It's, it it's, is. It, it is, is very easy. Um, yep. Definitely do it because that tax thing. Uh uh huh. I'll, I'll I'll lose sleep over that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even filed my taxes yet. I just talked to my dad today. I was like, oh. Yeah, I got to get all my stuff for her. But, like, it's easy because, like, we meet. And QuickBooks links to If you're using TurboTax, it actually links to that system and inputs everything. And that's why I say you want to make sure within the first, like, at the beginning of the year, you do everything right because Mm. then taxes will be a breeze. You won't be in this whole, like, I got to do my tax. You actually be cool. You be happy now. You're in a whole different place now where you're like, oh, cool. Because everything you did, everything through QuickBooks, and it's going to transfer all that information. So you don't really have much that you need to do besides like going through it and make sure it's all accurate. Yeah. And I think I said on this podcast too, uh, in the business, as a business, you're giving a, you're giving a grace period of like, you know, if you make simple mistakes or whatever, uh, the government will like, you know, look past it but after mm-hmm. three years of business they consider you a grown-up now so like right. you need you have three years to like really get your stuff together so yep and um yeah another thing you brought up was worth the word worth uh mm-hmm. camille monet who um she's she was the first guest uh she brought up worth as well because we were talking about actors knowing their worth when they need to uh go to um directors or wherever to know how much they need to um don't be um um putting your sundance cup in my Ah. face like like i went to the i want to go to sundance i want to see these amazing camps i will be there one day though so uh it's all good one day uh um but yeah um she was talking about in terms of actors um knowing their worth in terms of how much they should offer um, mm-hmm. their skills for films and mm-hmm. it's the same with what we do uh, i remember uh, looking how much should i charge for photography how much should i charge for videography how much should i charge for this 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 it doesn't matter mm-hmm. do it for free a few times get your get see how it is and then ask yourself okay how much does it does this is this work to me this is did did would I be comfortable with this amount? Okay. Mm-hmm. Is this, is that amount doable in this, uh, city or wherever you're at? Okay. Like that's how you find out how much you're worth. And you might yeah, find I think that I, go ahead. No, I'm like, you might find that. Okay. And like me, like where I'm at, I'm, I'm, I will happily say I'm worth way more for where I'm at. Like mm-hmm. the level of quality I have is higher than, a pretty good amount of where I'm at, but mm-hmm. that's okay because my whole mission and what I want to do is raise the quality of media that comes out of, um, Shreveport, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So like knowing your worth, even not in the entrepreneurial world. Um, cause me and Kenya had a discussion about this. I told her, I did not know. I know. I told her, I knew it was time for me to loot to leave that news station mm-hmm. when I knew my worth was uh, at least $13 an hour, but I got, I was being paid $10 an hour for four years. Yeah. And I went through that. Yeah. <laughs> and if I tell you 
X amount of times, give me my worth. If mm-hmm. I shown you X amount of times how much you're worth and more, and your workload and your skills quadruple, and you still mm-hmm. don't get your worth, no, it's time to leave. It's right. time for you to yeah. move on and find somebody that will accept you for who you are, or it's time to create an area I, that will accept who you are. I agree wholeheartedly. I definitely agree. <laughs> yeah, so. Because I've been there, so. Mm-hmm. It's real. Yeah, yeah it is. And, and you have to know your worth because if you don't know your worth, you'll allow people to dictate what your worth is. So, that and that that's when that's when like working those nine to five jobs happened. Like when I was working mine, I was pulling in so much money for them, mm-hmm. and I tried to ask for a raise. They said they didn't have it, but then I see all these other people making this amount, yeah. And they bring it, they're bringing people in, and and then I went through a process where we got bonuses, and I got less than the guys that I taught, and I was like, this oh yeah, this yeah. isn't making sense to me, and. You know, and then when I asked, like, hey, you know, even after that, it was still like, well, you know, we don't have it. And when I decided to leave, they it, they act like they didn't care. And it wasn't until the last day when I was like, deuces, after putting in my two weeks, they tried to get me to stay. It was like, you know what, we'll pay you whatever it is to get you to stay. I'm like, no, you know why? Because I had to fight for my worth here. Mm-hmm. So there, there's no reason. I, I could have making a hundred thousand at that place and someone could be like that's crazy that you did not stay because no. i'm probably not my second year i have not made a hundred thousand yet as a freelancer my second year but you there, there i could have been making a hundred thousand and i was like i chose not to stay mm-hmm. because why would i stay when you're showing me that i'm not worth anything to you and you're only keeping me because one they were only keeping me because they didn't want me to go to buzzfeed and two they were only keeping me because then someone else had to explain to them what they were losing mm-hmm. someone else literally went to them and was like you guys know that Brittany's leaving and she's the one that made y'all all the money that y'all have and you guys have literally act like that is okay Who's going to do this when she leaves? Mm. You know, and it took for someone else to say that. Yeah. So I was just like, no, I, 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 you guys have shown me. And this was the last straw because you showed me when we got our bonuses that I was lower than everyone. When I was the one that taught every single editor how to edit the video the, the way you wanted them. Yeah. They would literally ask me, B, can you come here? Can you teach this? But they got 5,000 while well, I got 1,000. Call your name 30 times a day. Right. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, this is that you guys show me numerous times that I did not, I wasn't worth anything to you guys. So no, I'm going to leave and I'm going to go to a place that values my worth. And I, I dipped. And even now it's crazy because they, they call me to freelance for them. They've called me to try to come back to them and they're not even doing that great right now. Hey, same here. I, I freelance. <laughs> so when you know what you're worth, you're okay leaving. And there are times I look back and I'm like, I left at the best time because right now they don't even know if they're going to make it by the end of this year. Mm. So yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely do soul search searching. Always yes. do your best and just know like somebody's going to notice. Exactly. Like, somebody like and somebody new noticed the amount of work you put in, which is why they stepped in. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. You're yeah. making a mistake. And they yep. told them. So 
completely see that. And just take everything you learn from there to the next place that actually values you. Mm-hmm. So whether that's freelance or another job. Yeah. And like I said, you, um, you'll definitely get there, uh, back. Well, not back, but to that 100. Yeah. Uh, I, I had an opportunity to work in Houston. I was like, for one, I just don't like Houston. I just don't, <laughs> I don't like the traffic and the, the lifestyle there. But mm-hmm. even now, it's like, I can't, I just can't trust it. Like, yeah. even if I did make X amount of money, like, when would be the next time I would get an increase? Like, mm. how long would that take? I just can't do it. Like, I, right. I got anxiety just thinking about that. Like, mm. how long would it take to get that increase when I know I'm going to put in 120%? Right. So, but you know what, like, you know, that's what we do. We break barriers. <laughs> this um, is true. This is this this is what we do. And <laughs> that's that's another reason why I wanted to do this series because I do see people like you breaking barriers and using your name and your skills to uh network and uh represent and uh also show other females that are doing the same. So mm-hmm. Definitely thank you for that. Definitely know that you are being seen, that you thank are loved, you. and quite sure that everybody would do anything for you. Aw. Hope so. <laughs> oh, look, but she is so much bad luck. Oh, is she bad luck? I mean, I go to New Orleans to go see you, and I just oh. reach all types of hell. <laughs> My car battery, my car battery dies. Uh, what <laughs> else happened? I was just having a that bad was a day. crazy trip. I'm actually gonna go back down to New Orleans. I just wanted to wait till after Mardi Gras, but that was crazy. That was a crazy. Let um, me know when you do. Being, being, it was fun. I'm, I was thinking about going down there for my birthday because I really just want to eat. <laughs> <laughs> so I was literally gonna just do Friday, Saturday, and come back on Sunday and just go down there and eat. Yeah, let let me and Kenya know. We'll we'll go down there with you, and um, we can even get um get my friend Trey to play some uh sweet saxophone music for you. Oh I think yeah, like that. for sure. Cause yeah. we was trying to find places to eat that night, and we couldn't. And even what we decided to eat was not that great Louisiana like. Yeah. You know, so like, me, I yeah. Me and Erin was like, "What is this?" Crap? Yeah. And then <laughs> y'all supposed to be showing me the good Louisiana. I know it. It it's so many places, and then like the timing and everything. But it was, it was we, late. Trust me, we got you next time. We got you next time. <laughs> Bet, because I'm definitely gonna be like, "Where the food at?" I really did like the alligator bites. They were amazing. Um, and that was my first time doing charboiled oysters. Yeah, no, you were you, now. You were brave for that. I was like, this woman was just sick. Now she's about to try some oysters. No, that's another thing. I was sick the whole time I was there, so I couldn't eat anything spicy. So I had literally had like bland gumbo. 60, 70, right? 80 like, percent of the food. I was like, this is just horrible. This is this trip is just not my best trip. Like I literally was sick. I my mom and dad because that's who I went with. They 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 literally were the ones that were out that were out. To like 2 a.m. When I should have been the one that was out. Like I would be in the house sleep by nine because I was sick. I was like, this, this isn't working. This isn't. Working. I gotta go back. 
Come back, and then I'm quite sure I don't know about two eight. I gotta be inside by then. But Kenya, Kenya would love <laughs> to be with you at two a.m. Y'all can go have some girlfriend, girl fun, which she says I'm a total downer in that area. So, uh, <laughs> yes. So B isn't here. I pro. Uh, I want. I. She's she's working her hardest. She's she's <laughs> she's hustling. Um. I just hope she make one episode at least. Um, mm-hmm. But she, those were some of her questions. So she's mm-hmm. here in spirit. And, um, but usually she give off the last word. Um, um, it's like some wise words of encouragement. So mm-hmm. she's not here. So I'm passing that baton to you. So is there any wise or uh, words of encouragement that you'd like to give off before we end it? Um, put me on the spot, put me on the spot. Um, honestly, to just continue to keep creating, it doesn't matter how, um, anyone else is doing it. It doesn't matter if it's not perfect. Honestly, just keep creating, keep growing, keep challenging yourself because at the end of the day, it's all about you and knowing yourself. Like that's all you can really give someone. Like it's even if someone, even if 50,000 people are doing the same thing you're doing. It's not about the craft. It's about who you are because they will choose you and your personality and how you bring your creativity to the table over someone who's doing the exact same thing. So just know who you are and just keep keep doing you. Sounds good to me. I, <laughs> I 100% endorse that idea. All right. Well, that was Brittany uh, Janae. I will have another guest for you. She's not last guest. I'm very happy for the people that have listened to the show. If you have not listened, if you're not listening to the show, you should definitely be listening to the show. So see you all later to the next time we meet. Bye guys. Nice talking to you. I hope I helped out.